and hello to you, and welcome to the Richard Nichols Podcast, the personal development podcast series that's here to help inspire, educate, and motivate you to be the best you can be. I'm psychotherapist Richard Nichols, and this is episode 195. It's titled, It's Okay to Be Selfish. And if you're ready, we'll start the show. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's a phrase based on something Jesus supposedly said in the Sermon on the Mount, alongside blessed are the peacemakers, maybe even blessed are the cheesemakers, and perhaps even the big noses. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Basically, look at how you would like to be treated, and treat other people the same way, and we'll all live happily ever after. Sounds great if we all played by that rule. But I do think that in order to treat others well so that we receive the same respect back, we need to start closer to home. We need to start by doing unto ourselves as we would do unto others. I mean, if you're listening to this, and you are, then you're probably a decent person. The chances of somebody cruel, selfish and sadistic subscribing to personal development audio is a bit slim. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're a nice person, a well-intentioned, respectful, honest human being. And you probably do like the idea of treating someone in the same respectful way that you'd like to be treated too. But how about that same respect that you have for other people, you also have for yourself? That's not overly selfish. It's not doing anyone a disservice if we put our own needs first. Because by not treating ourselves well, how can we expect others to? Even if you've never read it, you're probably aware of the UN Declaration of Human Rights. All human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights. That's Article 1. That's how it starts off. I'd like to think you agree with that. And if you don't apply that to yourself, then you're literally going against the UN Declaration of Human Rights. And I don't think you ever set out to do that, did you? Because according to the actual United Nations, it doesn't matter where we are born or what sort of family we're born into. We should all be given the same opportunities and be given a fair shot at a life well lived. This applies to you too. Because that's how other people know how to treat us. We teach them by example. And I do wonder if the unbalanced respect that we sometimes find in our relationships with people when it's clearly one-sided, if we're putting in far more work than they are into the friendship or relationship, does that come from an unconscious place of them treating us with that same respect that they saw us treating in ourselves? I say unconscious because many people don't even realise that they're doing it. They just see that somebody treats themselves badly and so they copy, they carry on the trend until everybody in that person's life is walking all over them. Maybe I'm being naive, a little. Some people do like to take advantage. Of course they do. Hopefully we can pick up on those folk and distance ourselves from them. But if we're used to treating ourselves that way too, then maybe we don't see anything wrong in it. So sometimes we need to look at exactly how we do want to be treated. And that takes a bit of time, a bit of consideration. I mean, how many times do we actually think to ourselves, how do I want that person to treat me? We don't. 
We see it as outside of our influence, don't we? We don't give it any thought at all, not often. But if we did genuinely sit down and think about it, that's how we get an understanding of our needs. We can maybe see what's missing from a part of our lives. After all, how do we want others to treat us? With compassion? With understanding? With honesty and fairness? Well, how about we treat ourselves that way first and see what that's like? How about we become more honest with ourselves about what we want, understand more about the foundations to those needs to see if we can get those needs met in healthy ways? How about we're fair to ourselves, understand our current limitations maybe, and be okay with that? Maybe be okay with not being okay. And then to look underneath and see if there's something we can do to change the fact that we're not okay. How about we put some self-respect and self-care out there into our life for others to see and see if we get respect and care back. That's not a bad idea, but it starts with the self. It starts with self-respect, self-care and self-esteem. It starts with understanding where your values are. And by that, I don't mean moral values. Well, maybe I do a bit, I guess. But what I mean is, what are the things that you value? Is it time with your family? A catch-up with close friends? Is it on-demand TV or Norwegian heavy metal music? Learn to understand yourself well and see what you value. Because it could save you some money, as well as disappointment if you realise that it might not be a three-week holiday after all, or a new car, that it's actually smaller experiences, less expensive treats. Where do you get pleasure? Is it from relaxing for an hour with a book? Is it going for a run? Is it Norwegian heavy metal? I made a social media post once. These weren't my words. I read them somewhere else and I just modelled my own version of it. It had four lines of text as an instruction for life. One, make a list of things that make you happy. Two, make a list of things you do every day. Three, compare the lists. Four, adjust accordingly. And I know that massively oversimplifies how to be happy, how to make a happy life, but you at least need to start there. By understanding yourself better, you can see what does make you happy, so that even if it is difficult to make those changes, you can at least see where your values lie, what your foundations are that you build your life with, so that in those free moments, that spare time, you can remember those foundations and create a focus on the things that make you happy. As a one-to-one therapist, I don't only work online when we're not in the middle of a pandemic. I also have clients that come to see me in person for an hour in my clinic. Might take them 30 minutes to get to me and then 30 minutes to get back to work or go home. Their therapy session may well take up two hours of their day every week or every fortnight. But sometimes I'll ask them about the things that make them happy or we'll talk about relaxation exercises for them to practice at home and they'll say things like, I didn't have the time. Really? They didn't have the time to spend half an hour reading a couple of chapters of a book that they really actually wanted to read? I get I get that life is busy, and I totally understand that the real world gets in the way a lot, but when somebody values their therapy session with me and takes two hours out to come and see me, 
but claims they couldn't make time for themselves outside of the therapy room? I challenge that. And they say something like, well, therapy is important to me. I value the time I spend with you. Well, that's nice. Thank you. But how about we value the time we spend with ourselves as well? Wouldn't that be even better? To create a life that we don't feel we need to go to therapy to escape from? Or on holiday? We shouldn't be wishing our life away one year to the next. Or wake up on a Monday morning and feel we can't wait for the weekend already. For some, their job is a source of a lot of this negativity. And it's not easy to see how to make changes there. Because even though psychologists and researchers will consistently agree that money does not make us any happier, we still need it. We need to keep a roof over our heads. Of course we do. And all those studies that say money doesn't make us happier will also, if you look into the numbers, say the exact opposite, that a lack of money makes us unhappy. And it's because there is a point where having extra money stops having a significant effect on our well-being. But that point is actually a decent wage. It's a household that doesn't need to worry about whether they can afford the bills that month. From that point on, fine. Stop seeking happiness by earning more money. You may well be wasting your time, and it might actually mean you make sacrifices to your life and your values that make you ultimately more miserable. But for some, we need to accept that our job, it provides us with the basics. And backbreaking as it may be, or dull as it might be, it keeps you alive. It keeps you safe. And people say to me about their lives and about their job, and yeah, you may well fall into these categories that you may well feel underpaid, undervalued, and you aren't happy in your job. And if you aren't happy in your job... One of two things needs to happen. Either you get a different job, or if that's impossible, you have to try and find a different perspective about the one you've got. Because we can't just walk away from it. We need it. We do need that roof over our head and food in our bellies. And if you don't want your job, I bet there's somebody else that does. There's somebody who would love to do what you do. And they might even see it as a step up from where they are right now. And that's not an easy perspective to get if you think that your job is pointless or that you're just wasting your life there. So if this is you, here's a trick. Ask yourself this question. If you didn't turn up for work today, who would be inconvenienced? Would somebody have to work harder? Would somebody have an even worse day if it wasn't for you there to lighten the load? Yeah, probably. And maybe we need to ask ourselves that question at other times as well. Sometimes we do think of ourselves as insignificant, and it can be helpful to confirm that we're not, actually, that there is great value to us, not just in the now, but in the past, and in our potential, in our future, that actually we're very handy to have around. I appreciate you listening to this. It makes it all worthwhile. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who appreciates what you do and who you are. So by looking at your life and understanding it a bit more, you can change it or accept it. You can add to it or take away from it, but it starts with understanding it. Often we think of our life as having three areas. Well, I do. Three priorities that everything else sort of 
offshoots from. And those are work, rest and play. Pretty much everything can fall into one of those categories. Your career, if you have need or even want one. Your studies, your relationships, your sense of self, those morals and values. And if we can sit down on a Saturday morning, maybe, and think about what we'd like to see happen over the next seven days in those three categories, we can have some positive influence over our life. So do that. Maybe on Friday night after work, or maybe tonight, or maybe right now. Sit down and look at those three areas of your life, work, rest and play, and make some priorities about each one. Almost like a a little to-do list. What, if anything, do you want to see happen in your work over the next seven days? What do you want to see happen with your friendships and family, your relationships with people? And then what about you? What about the play? Are you making time for yourself? And if not, what are you going to do this week to make it happen? even if it's just for the weekend. I know I seem to have a lot more energy on a Monday morning when I've had a good weekend. If you listen to my weekly episodes on Patreon, you'd have heard me say before that I love Mondays. And I know I have more energy when my weekend was fulfilled. And what fulfilled means can vary from week to week. Sometimes, all I want from a weekend is to spend some time reading a book. That's my only goal. But another weekend, it might be to clean the house or tidy the garden. Something can be fulfilling, even if it's relatively insignificant in the grand scheme of things. But it might still be significant to you. But until you know what actually is significant to you, rather than a cultural idea of significance, then you can't feel satisfied. So you need to make a note of maybe three things for each of those three areas of your life. Of work rest and play. Three things about your work that you want to see happen over the next seven days. Three things about resting and recharging and three things about recharging through play, whatever play means to you. And I wonder if you can then start seeing your life through more positive eyes. Before I go, I want to remind you about my Patreon podcast. I've had quite a few new patrons over the last 12 months, so I've been able to drop the price slightly recently. So if you pay for a year, you only end up paying about a fiver a month and you get hours of content, access to my old stuff, a new episode every Monday morning, as well as hours and hours of guided imagery, visualization, meditation and hypnotherapy content. One thing I've been told many times is that it's it's really very helpful for people whilst they're on a waiting list for counselling and psychotherapy. Paying five quid per month to me isn't going to replace one-to-one therapy, but you might find that it gives you a step up so that when you do start treatment with a therapist, you're already a bit further forward than most. And all this wouldn't be possible without the wonderful people that have joined up. People like Sarah and Gillian, who joined up recently. I blooming love you all. Mind you, I love everybody. I'm a bit weird like that. So, Treat yourself by coming on board on Patreon. It's how I know that you appreciate what I do. And obviously, the more people that do, the more content I can make and the happier we can all be. So, if you got this far into the episode, thanks for letting me give you the hard sell and I'll talk to you again very soon. See ya! See ya!